Well, this is the uh, 207th uh, anniversary of the birth of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I asked earlier when we were doing a little mic check, uh, how many of you would vote for Abraham Lincoln or somebody like him if he was still alive? I, yeah. Well, I, I'm guessing this happens to you sometimes too, but you've got a friend in one place and a friend or some friends in another place, and what you really want to do is you want to get them together because you just want one friend to meet your other friends, and uh, that's kind of what we have the opportunity to do this morning. I have a, a wonderful friend of mine, Dr. Chris Young, that is uh, here with us, and we're going to have a conversation. Now, I understand Dr. Young doesn't know this, but, but Wednesday, the topic in chapel was sex, right? Yeah. I wasn't here. And uh, so we got kind of a tough act to, uh, to follow. We're not going to talk about sex today, uh, but we do have a great topic to talk to you about. I can, I can see Yik Yak lighting up right now, not talking about sex in IW Chapel today. Um, but we are glad that you uh, came. We do have a great topic, and, and I've got a great friend that I want to introduce to you. Uh, Chris Young is the Vice President for, uh, for Leadership Development and Corporate Training at uh, Prasco. Prasco is a, a great friend of ours. Uh, they're located uh, in the Cincinnati area. It's uh, one of the largest generic pharmaceutical companies in the world. The chimes that you hear, or the bells that you hear, the chimes that go off on the bells out here, uh, Mr. Arrington, who is the, uh, the CEO for, uh, CEO, is that the right title? President, founding chair of, uh, of Prasco, uh, was kind enough to uh, give us that. They've done a lot of things for our campus, the community gardens, and, and just a, a bunch of things. And uh, Chris uh, works there, serves there. It's a phenomenal company. You're going to hear a little bit more about them in, in, a, in a few minutes. There's a picture someplace that's going to go up any moment now. It's, it's dead. No? Of what? Well, I was actually going to put the picture of Prasco up, the, the aerial shot. Is that going to go up now? It, it is now. So that's, it's a phenomenal place. Our baseball team has played there uh, at Prasco Park. Our, uh, our, our men's basketball team has had a retreat there and played in their facilities. They've got this this great place to eat inside there. If I was going to work someplace but Indiana Wesleyan University, I'd want to work at Prasco. The next picture that's going to go up, we're going to see what the picture is. So am I just telling you? It's... Okay. So we're, 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 okay, well, let's put the picture up of Chris's family. That's probably the best thing. Yeah. Isn't that a, an awe? I mean, they could make a commercial for like Pampers or or Myrtle Beach or, or something. They, they just like, look like model family. Chris has got Sam and Jack Henry. Sam and Jack Henry, stand up. Can you give a warm welcome to Sam and Jack Henry? Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming with Dad today. Chris uh, went to Ball State, got his undergrad at Ball State. He's got two master's degrees from Indiana Wesleyan University and a doctorate from Indiana Wesleyan University. Would you welcome my friend, Dr. Chris Young? We're sitting in new chairs. How do you like yeah. these chairs? Jennifer picked these chairs out. Yeah, Looks to me like somebody got sick on them, but uh, these are new and they're brand new. We're the first, okay first, first people these. to sit in these. Okay. Hey, we're going to talk about transitions. I think, I think there's a slide that's going to go up maybe that uh, has a transition picture on there. Let's see if that works. 
Well, well, imagine that for just a second while we're, we're looking for that. I think this is my fault that this, this is, is all messed fault. up. So, uh, yeah. You know, we, we all start life um, in a dark place. And we all start life in the same kind of dark place. Different moms, but for nine months we, we hang out in this dark place. And then we make a transition. And, and the very first thing that anybody does is they smack us on the rear end. I mean, welcome, yeah. welcome to your world, right? Yeah. And then the rest of life is this series of transitions. Right now, you're in the midst of a transition. You're going to spend two or three or four or five or maybe six years here on the campus at uh, Indiana Wesleyan, and then you're going to make a transition out, and you're going to go meet a p- person like uh, Dr. Young who's going to be a part of helping you transition uh, into a company, a lot of what, what he does. There's a video that... I'm hoping we're going to show right now. If we don't, we're going home. We're just going to, we're going to Baldwin and we're going to beg for buffalo chicken wraps or something. Free but lunch. Uh, yeah, Free lunch. But this, this is a video that probably most of you have seen. Great, great, uh, a great introduction to the topic today. And you said that that brought back some memories oh, yeah. for you watching that yeah. video. Well, I'm an educator and uh, Picking up on, I'm going to, I'm going to go to that, but I didn't know uh, Wednesday you said was the topic was sex and my 11 year old son's here and 13 year old son's here. And, um, so I shouldn't have mentioned that. No, not at all. Okay. Um, as an educator, I want to share something with all of you that was passed on to me. And I went through it with my sons, our sons, and, uh, my wife will go through it with our daughter at the appropriate time. And it's called passport to purity. Write it down, please. Or type it in or burn it in your brain. And it's one of the greatest curriculums to have that conversation at the appropriate time with your children. And so that's one of the biggest transitions. I mean, as a father, I was like, okay, they come out, right? You spank them, you give them the first bath. I had that pleasure. And then their sons and really you start thinking, okay, how do you have that talk? Mm. You know, and, um, and so anyway, uh, my wife gets to have that with our daughter, and that's great. And you saw the picture. But uh, uh, that clip that Dr. Newman um, selected reminded me of my childhood. I, first 10 years of my life, I lived in Swayze, Indiana. Anybody know where Swayze is? Anyone? Okay. And if you don't, just go about eight miles west from Marion. And um, I lived there until I was 10. And at 10, I found out we were moving to Carmel, Indiana. I didn't know Carmel, Indiana from anything. It's north side of Indianapolis, about 55 miles away. But when you're 10 years old, it might as well be halfway around the world because you don't drive. You know, I lived in between my grandparents. And I had a chance to visit with my grandmother and grandfather um, last evening. It was good to see them uh, being back. But that transition was the biggest step, the furthest step away from going home. And many of you have made big steps. You've you've come here from out of state, maybe different countries, to be a student here at IWU. And I hope that your experience is what I experience. Every time I come on campus, it feels like stepping back home. And it's not just because of the location, it's because of the people. And um, there's great people here, so I thank everyone who's welcomed me and been gracious to me. And and, uh, our friendship is certainly one that I treasure. And uh, Dr. Wright, uh, President Wright, and many, uh, many wonderful people here that I call friends. So, and, and in fact, uh, when we're out recruiting, uh, Mr. Arrington said he's spoken here many times. Uh, 
this is an area where uh, we definitely want to pick up the phone and say, um, do you have any students that are uh, ready to go? Awesome. We, uh, we spent last semester talking about stories in chapel, and this semester it's about relationships. And so it is great to have you here today. When you think about transitions in life and, and you think specifically about relationships, what, what is the role that, that relationships play in, in helping us uh, navigate those, those transitions? Yeah. I think it's one of those things that oftentimes we can take for granted our relationships. Sometimes the people closest to us, we sort of look past them um, and uh, we don't really recognize the, the value and the importance that they bring uh, to us. And so when I was a college student, I was constantly looking for, you know, career. Where am I heading? Where am I going? I didn't really enjoy the moment. And I look back on those friendships, relationships with uh, professors um, and, and uh, student friends, classmates, and um, look back and go, wow, I wish I really would have enjoyed the moment more as opposed to trying to get out as fast as I could. Uh, you know, 18 credit hours, 21 credit hours, things like that, and pushing, pushing, pushing. And, um, and so, one, you know, I'm an old guy, and uh, you look back at different times, but I've got a lot left. And um, just, I think, the, the appreciation and gratitude for the people in your life and seeing them, you know, see my grandmother last night, my grandfather, it, it brought back how important they are to not just me, but my children. And uh, when I was in college, um, she never let me go hungry. And I would say, thank you. But I was just, you know, pushing. And I think some a little, a little bit of that is just the age, you know, we're driving. And I'm still a driver. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, I push, push. But it's my wife who you saw on that, on that, uh, picture, she gives me great perspective and grounding uh, when she sees me starting to get a little, you know, push, push. Certainly the your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, um, you hear that a lot here, I would think, and I would hope, and I'm sure you probably do, but I went to Ball State, we didn't hear that. I had great people, but, you know, nobody talked to me about worldview and things of those nature, you know, of that, and so... I value every relationship that I have because I do think it is, it is a foundational component to a joy-filled life. And so when Jesus says, you know, uh, he wants us to have this abundant life, and I think that comes through relationships, certainly not stuff and things. You know, one of the greatest things I think that we can do, and I know you've experienced it and I have too, even as recently as this, this week, is to get an unexpected um, email or text from somebody who has helped you through one of those uh, transitions uh, in life um, that, that they just say thanks. Yeah. And so uh, if you're thinking about calling home this weekend or today or maybe even uh, sending a, a note uh, or making a phone call to a grandparent uh, just to say thanks, you, will, you will, will make their day. Well, transition moments in life are uh, oftentimes uh, shaping and forming, and, uh, and so I'm kind of curious about maybe uh, a transition time in, in your life that, that really marked you in some significant way. Yeah, I mentioned the, the move as a young 10-year-old, young, uh, uh, building on the comments there about thanking someone. When I was uh, on the verge of being here to go walk across this stage to, to receive my doctoral the diploma, I really became reflective in the, the days leading up, and I, I reached back to my first grade teacher at Swayze Elementary, 
and uh, Miss Sarah Ertle. And I sent her a card and thanked her. She still saw my grandparents, went to church. And it was the first time I probably talked to her, I mean, since I was in her class, maybe. But I started thinking about who, besides my mom, I mean, who taught me how to read? And it was in that first grade class. And if you can't read, it's sort of hard to get a degree, you know? Especially a doctorate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I thought so much about the people along the journey and just being grateful and the gratitude piece. And um, so what was your question? Moments in life that have shaped you in the, in the transition. Going from being a student to a teacher. I changed my major in college from business after I completed the Rule of Nine at Ball State and all the hard subjects. You know, you mentioned economics. I, I picked up an economics minor because I had so many economics credit hours. Um, and uh, uh, I changed it to education. I fell in love with uh, teaching through coaching. I coached baseball and uh, really fell in love with that that relationship inter, inter, interchange and exchange. And a former coach of mine, Dr. Bob Rauer, who was my sixth grade art teacher, seventh and eighth grade baseball coach, and freshman basketball coach at Carmel Junior High, was so impressionable upon me. And I maintained, maintained contact with him still to this day. I've had a major decision to make. He's one of my inner circle I call and just bounce it off of him. But when I did my uh, student teaching at Carmel Junior High, actually, and not under him, but I remember him sharing, and he was so influential to me as a student. And he said, Chris, never forget, before you can lead and fill their mind, you have to connect with their heart. And they have to trust you. Because it's not just about facts and figures and all that. And I taught history and I taught economics. And so that was pivotal of going from being a student to now being on the other side, being the teacher. And um, so that was a major influence. Now, when I transitioned from being a teacher to being an administrator, it was Dr. Larry Lindsay through master's program in education, my relationship with him as a trusted mentor and advisor, just I hung on everywhere, you know, in the class and, and deeply admire and appreciate and respect him. And it was the influence, the power you have to, to influence and using your words. Our words are life, they bring life or they can bring death. And, and when you become an administrator and you walk through the hallway, whatever kind of day you're having, it affects everybody. When you're a teacher, eh, maybe, you know, Mr. Young, he's having a good day, a bad day, no big deal. But when you're the principal and you walk down the hallway, these kids are sort of feeding off it. So do the, the, the teachers. And so that transition, I recognized I'm not more important. I'm not better than anybody. But that weight of responsibility of that people look to you and they, they look to you, really, your countenance. Mm -hmm. And do you have joy and peace and calm or are you scrambled? Because if you're scrambled, they're going to be scrambled too. So it sounds like there were some sacred conversations along the way, key people that, that helped you make those yeah. transitions. I, uh, we just finished the Super Bowl, and um, a lot of you probably got to, to see that. I always wish that they would go in the locker room of uh, the losers uh, as opposed to the locker room of, of seeing all the celebration, because you know what's going to happen in, in celebration. But I think you learn maybe more in, in failure moments, and so that was one of the questions that I had for you is, is there, a, is there a failure moment uh, for you or for somebody that you know that, that really illustrates something about how to handle transitions? Yeah. A failure moment for me was I grew up uh, just driven uh, as an athlete. That's what I wanted to be. That's what I wanted to do. It was play for the Reds, be Pete Rose, you know, play for the Pacers, 
you know, and uh, be Darnell Hillman. Those the names don't mean much to these people, but the Afro and Dunk, and I knew I wouldn't have the Afro, right? And, and so um, there were no Colts then. And how different people impact you. And so uh, with Valentine's weekend, uh, I was a high school basketball coach at Westfield, and I wasn't the head coach. I was JV coach at the time, and I just met my, my wife two months before, and uh, we were dating, and you know, uh, you always ask the question, when did, you, when did you know? Well, this was an impressionable moment. I just failed as a coach. I mean, we lost a game we should have won, and I was pretty low, you know, and, and it's, it's something that um, you're passionate about, you're really into, and you really want it for the kids and things of that nature, but you really want it for yourself, too. And, and I recognized that it was really more about me wanting it for myself than for the kids. And it was after we returned off the bus, it was an away game, and my wife said something, or she was, you know, we were dating at the time, and she said something that just stood me straight up, and I knew. And I knew, I'm going to look over here because I haven't seen these people over here, and they're kind people that listen. She said to me, she said, uh, you can't win them all. That was not language in my vocabulary up until, and I think I was 26 or 7 at the time. What do you mean you can't win them all? And that that was a moment, uh, like a specific moment in transition in time, I thought, wow. Um, okay. And so, from failure standpoint, there are failed transitions. You don't listen when you have those moments. And, I'm, and I thank God that I listened. Because it was like God speaking to me, Chris, you, you don't have a healthy perspective on competition. And it was, boom. And I, I'm thankful that God used her to speak to me in that way. And she still does in different ways. <laughs> um, but uh, if I wouldn't have listened, that would have been a failed transition for me. I could have just said, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, away I go in a different direction. Um, so, you know, and obviously we see failed transitions in different ways. But I think failure is when you stop and you don't get up. See, we didn't talk about Abraham Lincoln before today. But as a history teacher... Abraham Lincoln got up, got up off the mat many times, failed at business, didn't win elections, had a nervous breakdown. He probably wouldn't even be considered to even run for president today, let alone, you know, would they, you know, would they vote for him because he didn't have a resume of success. And today we look at people's resumes in a way that, um, you know, we learn so much more through sometimes our stumbles. And he said at different times, um, it was a stumble, not a fall, and you get back up, and you get back up, and you get back up. If you do not get back up, then you fail. You, you have a chance to work with a lot of young people, and you see probably some mistakes that they make in transitions. Mm -hmm. any, uh, any of those that come to the top of the list that you might share that might mm -hmm. prevent? I, I have to be careful with this answer because we have great people and great young people at Frasco, and, and I get to interact with a lot of wonderfully talented young people full of knowledge. We have more access to information and knowledge today than ever in the history of the world. So we have young people that have lots and lots of knowledge and, and they, they come at readily accessible information and they're really smart and they're bright. And um, so the picture I want to throw up here, if you would, of the Broncos, my question is do you recognize who's in the picture? Do we have it? Yeah, that's... That's not it, but that's good, you know. You get to see my wife again, uh, and our daughter, Anna Kate, 
who couldn't be here today. But the Broncos picture, um, I was a basketball coach. I'm going to fly through this quickly. July 98, just got married, get home from our honeymoon. 24 hours later, hop a plane, go to uh, L.A. to work, Los Angeles to work the UCLA basketball camp. As I was out there, uh, sort of, you know, uh, asked, could we go meet Coach Wooden? And they worked that. And our last day there, we spent a day with Coach Wooden in his home, in his condo, and, and what a treasure that was. And then the next day, we get on a plane to come back home uh, to Indiana. And on our connecting flight in St. Louis, I get, we get off the plane, we're waiting for a connecting flight, and there was a news reporter uh, there, I don't re remember which one, but um, we recognized him, so we went over and talked to him, and, and uh, what are you doing here, you know, it's, it, it's St. Louis, it's sort of late in the evening, and he said, well, Peyton Manning's going to be off this plane, and he's, he, he, I'm going to get this lead interview, because he's agreed to terms, or he's, you know, it's, he's coming to Indianapolis, he's playing for the Colts. And we got a chance to spend about 30 minutes with Peyton Manning. Our flight was a little bit delayed and talked to him. And, and uh, my son asked me, would he still remember you? And I said, no, absolutely not, uh, because we're not friends. I don't share that in that way. But here's the thing. When we boarded the plane, he was first class. We were not. And then we got into coach. We got stacked up. And I remember looking to my left, looking down, and there is Peyton Manning sitting there with this old tattered, I mean big old tattered, remind me of my history uh, uh, books uh, or notebooks from college, spiral bound. He had a pencil in one ear and a pencil in his other hand. And I wondered to myself, how many years has he been diagramming plays? And I remember thinking, man, the Colts are really going to be good. You see, this is the Peyton Manning coming out of Tennessee, not the Peyton Manning of today. And so I read an article, and, I, and they recently, I read it again, being in a Super Bowl, and he was interviewed, and they said, you know, Peyton, you know, something to the effect, you're going to sign this large contract, I think $46 million. What are you going to do? And it was a two-word answer, and he said, earn it. He didn't say buy a car, buy a house, buy anything. He said, earn it. And that stuck with me. Now, our salvation can't be earned, but there are this element of working for it or entitlement. Um, I showed up, I get a participation trophy. You know, uh, Peyton Manning had to earn his starting position back this year. And when you look at this picture, he transitioned from notebooks to iPads. And so I want you to really study that picture. I use it in our training class because I say, this is commitment. This is perseverance. This is resiliency. There's a lot written about your generation out there, and a lot of it's not always good. But I think we have a hopeful and bright future because of you. And I don't say that to patronize you at all. But there's great wisdom that are people that are, that are older, that are ready to pass that on if you seek it. Seek God and, and, and seek the people and the counsel around you. And so in this picture, he tries to be in the moment, the helmet, the whole deal. And I'm not saying he's a model of how you should go and live your life. That's not my message to you today on this and why I picked this up. I picked it, you know, I put it together before Super Bowl. But we got to earn, there are things in life we have to earn it. And I told my sons are in Taekwondo, you have to earn your belts. They don't just pass them out because I wrote a check and you showed up. You've got to earn those belts. And so I, I, I'm hopeful, and I think, but I think at times there's this expectancy of I'm just going to sort of have it. Hmm. 
we talk a lot here about earning degrees as opposed to giving degrees because we don't we don't give degrees we right. we earn them so so great advice uh, is there somebody uh, that you've seen make a major transition and and has inspired you or maybe given you a, a real world example of, of how to successfully make a transition yeah uh, this may shock you uh, Brad Stevens raise your hand if you know who Brad Stevens is okay if you don't know him he's the the, bat, the coach for the Boston Celtics. When I started out coaching at Westfield High School in 95, uh, Brad Stevens was the best player in our league at Zionsville High School. I coached at Westfield. I knew him because he was the best player in our league. We had to game plan against him and that kind of thing. Uh, and when I bring this up, it's because he had opportunities to leave Butler. He earned it. He was successful. He left the pharmaceutical world actually to enter into coaching with no guarantee of money and things like that. He followed his dream and he followed his passion. And he was earning this. And, and he, he had opportunities, I'm sure. I don't know. I didn't talk to him. But, you know, you hear it on the SPN, this university, that university. I think Oregon was one. He was kicked around in Nike money and that kind of thing. And I remember thinking, he's not going to leave. He's not going to go, you know. And um, the Boston Celtics called. You know, and when Gordon Hayward, I've read all this, I don't know it, but he, he started watching more NBA when he had players actually play because of the relationship. You follow these people along. And that transition, how he handled it with class, and it was a quick, I mean, it wasn't like you get months to think it through. And um, I, I look back at that and I think, you know, in the world in which we live, we can be driven by stuff and things. But it's, it's passion and things that we really love to do. And he left a place that he loved to take a risk to go to a new adventure. And uh, to me, that transition took courage and uh, great confidence. Good. We're uh, going to kind of head towards landing the plane here. And yep. you work a really cool place. Uh, you work at a place that, that I would dream about our students graduating and, and going to or a place like that. Because... Uh, it, it is owned by Christians and there are Christian principles there. And on the way in this morning, you got a little card, and so I want you to talk about the card. We've got a little video to, uh, to show. Well, that, that slide that was up there on Prasca, the picture of the campus, you know, on your card, if you have this card out, this front side, it says, Love God, Love People. I've got mine here with my badge to get in the building. And and we didn't just print these because that was your topic this uh, semester or your, your, your uh, theme. Um, this is the corporate creed at Prasco, love God, love people. And uh, it's a reminder, you know, about these relationships. How are we treating people? How are we responding to people? You get good news, you get other news, whether it's personally, professionally, and how, how do we handle that? And so on the flip side, really, I spend a great deal of time with um, our people at Prasco and, and certainly the... the the younger folks coming in, on the IC, our corporate values. What do we value? What do we focus on? And so improvement, improve daily, both personally and professionally. Get better. Um, you're either uh, moving in the, in the direction of improvement or you're sliding backwards kind of thing. And then serve. Serve God, family, uh, your church, your neighborhood, local and global community. Service-minded. Execute. Execute tasks with excellence to exceed your goals. Um, our founder, uh, Mr. Tom Arrington, says people don't have a problem uh, with, with uh, achieving their goals. They have a problem with establishing them. 
Sometimes they, they set them too low and, and they're easy to hop over, and sometimes they're so far out there that you get discouraged. So challenge yourself, stretch yourself, um, and then work, earn it, execute. And then the last one, energize. Bring energy and passion. That's infectious. See, I believe we're magnetic. Here's what I mean by that. We're either attracting people towards us or we're repelling them against, uh, away from us. And so I have to be reminded of that because I can, I can, I can, I, I can get critical, I can get cynical, and, and we can all be different things. And so these people around us, my, especially I mentioned my wife, reminder, you know, hey, um, smile, joy, you know, hope. And so don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings and all your ways acknowledge him and she, he shall direct your paths. Uh, if you got broken up with before Valentine's Day because of an economics major, um, you probably won't get a lot of gifts in the future if you reconcile, I'm just saying. But there is hope because I studied economics. Awesome. So if you ever go, if you ever go to Prasco Park, uh, you want to have one of their hot dogs because they sell the hot dogs for what, 50 cents or something? Free. They're free. They're free. They're free. They're free? They're free. I think they charged me when I was there. <laughs> but they actually are... They're really, really great. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask Dr. Young, if he would, to uh, pray a prayer blessing upon uh, each of you as you go out this day. Lord God, we are grateful for who you are and for what you've done in each one of our lives uh, by sending your son and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to just reconcile us and bring us into relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray blessing over each person that's in this auditorium and in earshot of my voice that you would meet them where they are. If they're hurting, you would touch them and ease their pain. And if they're joyful, that uh, they would just celebrate in that joy with you and recognize that you're the giver of all good things and good gifts. And so I pray blessing on this entire campus, all the people here at IWU that are uh, serving and, and equipping and educating the next generation of leaders that we have such great hope. They, they bring such great promise and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Friday. Thanks.